listening to the Up and Under podcast, starting in 3, 2, 1. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joining with me remotely is Zishan. Yo. All right, man. So continuing on with our coverage, heading into the 2021 NBA playoffs, we wanted to talk about, you know, a topic that has been a big topic of discussion in recent times especially when uh, a certain somebody a certain a certain big time player you know kind of mentioned that the guy who came up with it should get fired i mean honestly and, it's been it's been a topic of conversation for a while now even previously in the season and honestly even since last season when they introduced it yeah so and if you don't already know we're talking about the nba play in tournament so we wanted to take this opportunity to kind of Break down exactly what is the NBA playing tournament, you know, the pros and cons of why the NBA is actually doing this. And then, you know, jumping into the, the landscape of the playing tournament, you know, kind of seeing what teams are in the mix, what teams could potentially be in this tournament and how it impacts teams in different ways. So we wanted to break those those down for you in this episode. But to start off, we wanted to explain exactly what the playing tournament actually is for those of you who don't remember, don't care or may not. Or would just like to know. So basically, it's a single elimination tournament between the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th seeds in the uh, in, in each respective conference. In, and basically, it's to determine the 7th and 8th seeds for the playoffs. Uh, in the case of the playing tournament, the 7th seed plays the 8th seed. The 9th seed plays the 10th seed. And basically, the winner of the 7th and 8th seed becomes the 7th seed. Uh, and then the winner of the 9-10 seed will play the loser of the 7-8 seed to become the 8 seed. So whichever team wins that will become the 8 seed. Um, and honestly speaking, the NBA really came up came up with this from what they did last year with the bubble. Kind of, you know, introducing that, that style, that single game elimination kind of thing. And I'm not going to lie. There were some positives to take away from the play-in tournament. The first of which... I mean, it's because of the pandemic. It's probably the biggest reason for the NBA. For sure, it's. I mean, it's more revenue. The NBA needs more money. They're 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 looking to like every business. They're looking to recoup uh, the damages that happened because of COVID. So obviously, the playing tournament it drives revenue. It you know it gets recognition. You know, just the excitement of holy shit, my team who is sitting at the eighth spot could potentially be out of the playoffs now, is. Pretty, you know, the excitement that it drives up, which is another another positive, generates more revenue for the NBA. The NBA is able to sell that to networks. So that's obviously a big playing factor that, and again, more revenue for the league means more money for players, uh, for contract negotiations. So that's always a great positive by, by, by this play-in tournament. Yeah. Another, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, as we were talking about, right, it's a, it's a chain of uh you know the nba being able to recoup that money which will go to the players to the staff everyone involved and um if you guys remember too like there's that report of the nba lost like a billion dollars or something so yeah they clearly need some more money um and this is probably one of their biggest uh ways to make some of that money back yeah I'll, for sure and then the other thing that the NBA is really trying to accomplish with the playing tournament is to mitigate teams from tanking for lower seeds. Because obviously now with the, with the play-in incorporating the ninth and tenth seeds, you know teams in those positions have a less incentive to tank because now they're like, hey, we have a shot to get our team in the playoffs. So this, in theory, creates more opportunity for younger and less star-filled teams to kind of get a chance to play in the playoffs, which. You know, it could be a big deal for, 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 you know, a young team or a small market franchise as well. Yeah, so this was like, uh, I guess, the other main factor um, of the NBA creating this playing tournament. Now, if you guys remember, like, the NBA has been cracking down on tanking ever since Sam Hankey literally just said it outright that Philadelphia was tanking completely. Um, Adam Silver has made it a point to try to mitigate this issue within the league. For example, you know, creating uh more even odds in the draft lottery so that teams you know who are terrible are not guaranteed a top pick right aka the new york knicks a couple was it last year a couple years ago whatever it was um so you know like that was another big factor of the nba creating this playing tournament now moving on to yeah you want to say no no i'm good Uh, Yeah, okay, so moving on to the cons of the playing tournament. Now, first of all, I think I have to reiterate that 
the playing tournament was widely accepted last year because of the fact that the season itself was cut short, right? And that was the main reason why it was so widely accepted and why people didn't really have a problem um, as much with this playing tournament because it was like, you know, there was a number of games left in the season. How are we going to balance that with whoever's already guaranteed to make the playoffs? And so the NBA created the playing tournament. This season, that's not the case, right? This season is almost a full season, right? There's no games that have been canceled completely. Um, so the NBA and the playing tournament itself um, has not had the same support this year. And one of the reasons why, and arguably the biggest reason why, is the fact that it ruins the point of working all year for a 7th or 8th seed. And this is a, something that Luka Doncic touched upon um, a couple of weeks ago, which we even talked about. It ruins the the just the whole objective of working all year for a 7th and 8th seed. Now you can say, oh yeah, you know, if you're 7th or 8th seed, you deserve to be in the playing play tournament because of the fact that, you know, you're a fringe playoff team, you're not that good. But that's an argument in the Eastern Conference, I guess. In the Western Conference, that's not a real argument. You know, we're looking at the... We're, we're going to touch upon it, but looking at the 7th and 8th seeds right now in the Western Conference, like, you can't say they suck as a team, right? Those teams, you can't say yeah. they suck. So ha having them as a 7th or 8th seed, working all this long, uh, working throughout the season for the 7th and 8th seed and have the potential to just get booted out in two games is... It, it kind of ruins the point of that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest sour points of the play-in that I really felt about was that, you know, for instance, if my favorite team, I wish they were in the seventh spot, but if they were I in don't. the seventh, I mean, that, that's a topic for another day, but if they were in a, in, in, a in a playoff position, a seventh or eighth seed, which is typically a playoff position in previous seasons, why should they be punished and have to participate in a play-in tournament that potentially will make it so that they lose? You know, we're going to talk about teams where that are on certain hot streaks that, you know, because of the timing of the play-in tournament, could win two games and now they're in, they're in a playoff spot. So it really just diminishes the work that a team does. And again, I know, you know, it, the imbalance of power in the NBA, the imbalance of the star power is always going to be an issue. But at the same time, is that it's, you know, you got to, it, this league is about wins and losses. So if a team wins more than another team, they they deserve to be in a playoff position. Just kind of how it works. I think based off of that point too, I think it the NBA already had a problem with people uh, relaxing during the regular season and the regular season suffering from rating drops because of the fact that people just don't take the regular season that serious anymore. And I think this will just add on to it, right? Because of the fact that like, you know, now it just creates, and this is my next point, it creates, you know, a... a it allows more undeserving teams to get into the playoffs. Now you theoretically have uh, 10 teams in playoff contention rather than the eight that already was, which people already argued was a bit too much, right? If you look at the NFL situation, NFL actually has gone into more of the NBA's direction now. But, you know, people already argued that having 16 out of 30 teams in the NBA playoffs was already too much. Now that's theoretically like 20 teams vying for a real playoff spot. And so an undeserving team, for example, a team that either A, coasted throughout the regular season and did not care, just wanted to get into the playoffs, um, or a team that was complete garbage in the regular season, but somehow managed to sneak into that 10th seed and somehow win two games in the play-in tournament and boot out, you know, the more deserving 8th or 7th seed. So this is another point that I think can be argued against the use of the play-in tournament. Yeah, no, I think you said it best. I mean, like, it, it really, it's it's so, it's such a fine line that the NBA is kind of walking on. And like you said, like, you know, you can argue the one, the 1-8, the 2-7 matchup is probably the most garbage matchups that we see in the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference. Um, it's because, it's just because, again, the talent level is just not there. To, and again, potentially, if you're, you're getting a, what should have been a 10th seed now in, in that position of the 8th seed, that's going to make an even worse product on, on the court as well. So again, like it's like, like you said it, like it's basically like 20 teams now have a shot at making it to the playoffs, which sounds great for a league that wants to encourage teams to be more competitive. But at the same time, it's not really, 
you know, gaining anything as far as putting on a better product unless you have a balance of power where every team, like it's like the NFL, for instance, where every team has a pretty even shot at beating them on a, on every on any given night. Yeah, I think you nailed it pretty much, right? In with the NBA versus NFL comparison, where they're going towards the NBA's, um, you know, uh, like direction more. But to your point, the NFL actually has a competitive balance between pretty much all all the teams, right? Um, the NBA unfortunately does not have that that pro for them. They have a very uncompetitive league driven by star power. Um, another factor that goes into the cons of, you know, the playing tournament is that there's more schedule condensing. Brandon Clark recently talked about it on the score that they're already playing a hectic 72-game schedule. Pretty much everyone's been injured this season. Everyone's had COVID. Everyone's just been in and out. Um, and this has just been a season from hell for everyone. And now you're condensing the schedule even further. Um, and especially if you go into next season with this playing tournament where players are already sitting out because they didn't want to play 82 games. And then now you're throwing in more games on top of that. And, you know, Hani was even talking about it with me before the um, before we started this episode. The fact that it's going to push the playoffs um, and the regular season so close together that it's it's very hard for teams to, you know, um, you know, find that time to rest, I guess. Yeah, I mean, again, this season might be an anomaly because, again, of how things kind of transpired in the league calendar. But I think at the same time, the league, if the, this is going to be a reoccurring thing, which I, to be honest with you, I hope it doesn't, the NBA is going to have to rework the whole schedule mm-hmm. because you cannot expect the players to play 82 games, then expect, uh, what, another four or five teams to play another two game potentially on that schedule. That's 84 games, so that's unfair to the other teams only playing 82 so something is gonna have to be reworked in that that manner to make it so that you know everyone's playing the same amount of games um but again i don't know of a a way to do that you know logistically at least and uh the nba has made it has made it pretty clear they don't want to reduce the amount of games because they lose money doing that exactly yeah it's it's a fine line the nba is walking and two more final points um, about the cons of the playing tournament. Number one, I think me just being a, I guess, uh, a hoop head in terms of like a basketball historian, I think it hits me more um, than I guess the regular fan would. But it kind of messes up the leaderboards and records, um, uh, you know, all-time records-wise. Now, again, it probably won't do too much. But, you know, two games at a time over a number of years kinds of kind of adds up. And, um, again, like these things will happen because of rule changes and whatnot. You know, the three point line, for example, messed up a bunch of records, right? You can argue, but I don't know for me as a basketball historian, kind of, it, it doesn't sit completely right with me. And then one other point that Hani brought up was the fact that it kind of messes up lottery odds, um, and draft predictions for the teams involved. So, you know, if you're clearly, you know, if you want to get a top 10 pick or whatever, now it's just like the playing tournament just throws a monkey wrench into everything. Yeah, like as far as the leaderboard and records, like it's gonna it's gonna be weird. Like just like when you when we they first added the three point shot, it's like well now it, some players are gonna play two extra games and some players are gonna have an opportunity to get more points and more assists and it's it's just it's just weird. Um, I don't know how beneficial it will be. And again, the lottery odds is another thing because again, you know. I the only picks that I know for sure based on the odds that are very solidified is maybe one to five, if that. You know anything past that, you really, you know, you really got to throw your arms up. You got to be like, who knows where they're gonna land? Like you know, it, you can be seventh or you can be fourteenth. Now I think I believe there is a contingency for that. Like in, the NBA has put it so that you're the way the standings are before the plan is where you'd get your draft pick, which also doesn't make any sense. So you can wait. The what really? Which, there's something nah, I read. That's Apparently, dumb, bro. If that's no, actually the he, case, that's pretty stupid. But take it in. Like that's that's what some teams would argue. I think. Like that's why I don't understand it because again, it doesn't make sense. Where why would a team who finished tenth gets the 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 tenth best odds of, of making it? Uh, you know, getting a getting a lottery pick, and then on, on top of that, makes the playoffs. It, it, it just. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's because I don't. I don't know what's the NBA's official ruling on this because we're not. We haven't gotten any update on that. But I mean that. Yeah. I mean, flipping it to to the opposite point of view. Imagine that you work all year for that eighth or seventh seed. 
you get booted out of the playoffs, and now you still have worse odds at a draft pick, right? That's yeah. pretty stupid, right? Um, but yeah, I think yeah. the main point is I think we can both. It's pretty obvious, but do you like the idea of a playing tournament? Personally, no. I I just I don't see the point of it. Yes, is it exciting? It, will it create some some buzz in the NBA? You know, to get teams in, sure. But I think holistically, when you're looking at it, like I don't want to see a 10 seed potentially make it to the playoffs. Like they're they're a 10 seed for a reason. Like even now, like our team, the Raptors, are the 11th seed right now in the Eastern Conference, and we're kind of like, do we really want to see them get to the play-in tournament when they get slapped in the first round? Like, is that really beneficial, or could we rather, you know, get a just take our chances and get a lottery pick and kind of re re have the offseason the rest and recover and then come back next year and let's do it again. Pretty I personally much. think that, like, I personally think that's the better way to go. But again, it could just also be that I'm, it's just kind of the way things have been, and it's been a little bit more traditional that way for me. But, yeah, I guess the traditional sense does play a f- factor into our decision of not liking it. But I don't know, man. Just based off of everything um, that we touched upon, I would say, man, like, I, I personally don't like the idea of a playing tournament. If you want to make yeah. the regular season more interesting, I think there has to be another way to do it. I don't think the playing tournament um, is it, to be honest. It's just not worth it, to be honest with you. And it's just not worth the extra investment that the NBA is trying to put into it. Like, there, there's better ways to go about, like, mitigating tanking or generating more revenue so yeah so those were our thoughts on the actual like the, the format of the playing tournament and kind of the pros and cons of it let's jump into the, to the landscape now of how the playing tournament is actually affecting some teams uh heading into the playoffs uh so first we'll start off with the eastern conference so first i'll run down the seating as far as right now what's the seating uh so the current six seed in the eastern conference is the miami heat Current 7th seed, the Boston Celtics. Current 8th, Charlotte. Uh, current 9th seed, Indiana. And current 10th seed, the Washington Wizards. Uh, so the reason why we threw in the 6th seed in Miami Heat is because they are could potentially be very impacted by this playing tournament. Now, Miami has had a pretty up and down year in terms of their record. But there's one thing for sure is that when healthy, they have shown they are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Because of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, you know, the young players, Goran Dragic. The Miami Heat have talent on their team, but again, the record doesn't really speak to that. They're half a game above the Boston Celtics, who are the se- the seventh seed, uh, which means they may they're very close to potentially playing in this play-in tournament. Even though, again, they have clearly the better talent, the better roster, and their team got plagued with COVID and injury. That you know. That's why their record isn't that great. Like, at the beginning of the year, Miami was playing with, like, what? Like, a G League squad or something? Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. So, again, and then you saw when Jimmy Butler and Bam came back, like, they had their roster back. They got to, like, the fourth seed or something like that. Uh, And I think injuries kind of came back to bite them again. But otherwise, I mean, they're clearly better than any other team in the East playing tournament. Or besides Boston, like. Maybe besides Boston. You know what? Let's actually let me actually talk about Boston too, because they're in a very similar situation to Miami, you know, where when healthy, again, they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Like behind Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and uh Milwaukee, it's Boston and Miami. Like that's what it should have been. Which by the way screwed up our our predictions. uh, (laughs) Dude, our predictions are gone, bro. That was gone in the first week, bro. After that never recovered, man. (laughs) Listen, man. Uh, freaking New York screwed everything <laughs> up. Yo, you and your hate train against New York, bro. Bro, it's not hate; it's real. But uh, yeah, b- back to the Boston Celtics, another team who I definitely hate. But I got you there. Uh, I'm, I'm but cool if we gotta be real, they they are a very good team. Um, and again, when healthy, they should be a playoff team. However, again, they got hit with COVID, especially with their best player, Jason Tatum. We see what Jason Tatum can do. The man just dropped sixty points. Crazy. Uh, yeah, he's he's crazy, insane, and Kemba was hurt. Uh so again, the Celtics and they're a seventh seed right now. You know, so you know, I I personally think for these two teams in particular, it's just kind of not fair that they have to play in this play-in tournament when they're clearly better than the rest of the the play-in, uh, the rest of the guys in this play-in. But what say you about these guys? Yeah, man, this is why. Pretty much the Western Conference playoff race or playing tournament race, I guess, is much better than the Eastern Conference because of the fact that you have two That's legitimate fair. teams in the Eastern Conference playing play in picture, I guess. 
And then after that, it's kind of not great. Um, we'll talk about those teams uh, after this. But the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, to your point, are in two very similar situations in the sense that both got hit with COVID and both have been pretty much injured throughout the year and have just been up and down throughout the year, right? Um, and both teams have kind of also been disappointing when they've had full rosters. Again, that has to do a lot with the lack of time like the roster is actually spent together. So, you also know, the effects of COVID, the, the lingering effects of yeah, COVID. Yeah, even also for us, like watching, watching a guy like for us, uh, you know, watching our favorite team, the Raptors, watching a guy like Fred Van Vliet struggle mightily with, you know, coming back from COVID. He's kind of turned the corner from that. But, you know, it, it's definitely very real and it definitely plays a big factor into, um, you know, these teams. And so having these two teams who are clearly, you know, Eastern Conference contenders um, play in this playing tournament, potentially one or even both of them, because, you know, it's two games, right? One or two games. You never know what could happen. Either one or both of them, you know, being booted out of the, the East playoff race is just going to tank, tank completely the NBA's ratings, right? Especially for the Eastern Conference, which was already suffering post-LeBron, right? So, yeah. you know, having these two teams with the potential to get, you know, kicked out of the playoffs is not great for the NBA at all. Yeah, it's not. And again, when you're talking about a team who probably doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs, I want to bring up another team uh, in the East play in the East play-in who's, who's, who could be potentially impacted by this play-in tournament being, being existing is, is Washington. Washington has been on a hot streak as of late. I mean, what is it? Uh, Scott Brooks is one coach coach of the month, man. He went 12-5 yeah. in April. <laughs> Dude, like I think this guy's job is safe, unfortunately. But, oh, bro, I, I don't know how. My prediction like, might be busted for Scott Brooks. Like, the Wizards and were garbage to start this season. Absolutely horrendously garbage. And they're still not a good team. They didn't do anything. Like, they didn't really do anything at the trade deadline besides maybe get Daniel Gafford. And, Who's being great? Uh, shout out Daniel I mean, Gafford. He's been really good for them. He's been good for them. Again, they really needed a, a bit a center because they lost Thomas Bryant. And again, they do have Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, who we did talk about a couple of episodes ago. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely check it out. Who, again, with the, we said the Wizards could be a potential dark horse playoff team if they did make it to the playoffs. And this is kind of the reason why. Like you're seeing the crazy numbers that Russell Westbrook is putting up right now, and this is what he's capable of doing. And when he's motivated, if he has a chance to get get into the playoffs, I think Westbrook and Bradley Beal are going to take it. But the problem is, and I mentioned it, they were garbage for the, the whole season, except until the month of April. And it's a little unfair that because they got hot at the right time, that should automatically erase what happened at the beginning of the year. No. Like, I think... It's great for them, for the Wizards and their fans, that, hey, they have a chance to get to play. It's some positivity in what's been a pretty shitty year for them in general. But why should that take away the opportunity from teams like Boston and Miami who have earned their right to be in the positions that they are in? Like, it's not like Washington's in a position like that Charlotte's in where it's like, yeah, it's no big deal. They make the playoffs, they make it. If they don't, they don't, you know. It's been a good year for them. Or even like Indiana. Indiana... They've had a lot of rough stretches this season. And again, they don't really deserve to make it to the playoffs. So they already they they pretty much accepted their fate. But Washington, the way they're playing is that they're trying to get in get into the playoffs. And I just think it's it's it shouldn't be that way that that they take away an opportunity from teams that clearly deserve it more. Yeah, I think this is exactly what the NBA envisioned when creating the playing tournament. A team like the Washington Wizards who, despite the fact that they were garbage pretty much for the whole season, um, and now that they're the 10th seed, they have enough talent on the roster to be an Eastern Conference Dark Horse team, as we mentioned a couple episodes ago, because of the fact that after the first five teams in the Eastern Conference, you know, uh, Brooklyn, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, who's the last team? Philly. Philly, Philly, right? Besides those five teams... No other Eastern Conference team has a duo like Washington has. And now, despite the fact that they're garbage throughout the whole season, I would say I think they're going to make the playoffs just because of how hot they are right now and because of the fact that they have a more capable duo than any other team right now in the playing tournament, uh, except for Boston, obviously. 
So I can see them beating Charlotte. Like I can see Washington beating Charlotte and beating Indiana. Honestly, yeah. So yeah, you're right. They they have a great shot at making it to the playoffs. But exactly, and that's guess, that's my point, right? And you know, fans of Charlotte especially, because the Indiana Pacers have kind of just been decimated with injuries, and it's not really been a great year for them. I think they would rather just take a draft pick right now. Um, it's just been complete all around. Uh, you know, garbage show for them. But the Charlotte Hornets, man, like their fans have been starving for some excitement in that city for a while. And now that they actually got a young, exciting roster that's making headlines all day, that can make headlines in the NBA playoffs and can give the Charlotte Hornets fans like some hope uh, for the future and for, you know, the present, them being booted out in the fashion that they could be booted out by a team like the Washington Wizards will definitely not sit right with Charlotte fans, especially, I think. I mean, it's one way to look at it, but at the same time, for a team like Charlotte, I'm they're more so, like, excited that, you know, they have a good team, like, a, a young team that they can build on. They don't make... If they miss out on the playoffs, it's not going to be the end of the world for them. I think, but I think I, if a team like Boston misses out, then, yeah, for sure, your point is very valid. Yeah, I don't like. I don't think it'll be a big deal if they miss the playoffs, but I think my point is more so like the way they would miss the playoffs in this format, yeah. right? I think that would yeah. not sit well. You know, obviously, if they got like the ninth or 10th seed regular, you know, in, in, in any other season, they would be cool with it. But to get the eighth seed after working so hard and having this much excitement around the team and then just being kicked out in, what, one or two games or whatever it is, I don't think it will be great for, you know, I don't think Charlotte fans will be too happy about that. But, you know, that was the Eastern Conference um, and the landscape of the playing tournament in, in the East. Moving things over to the Western Conference where it's very, very, very interesting. Um, you know, pretty much 5 to five to 11, if we're being real, we're probably like, okay, we can throw in the 11th seed. Uh, we can talk about the 11th seed as well for a couple, you know, for a bit. But 5 to 11 pretty much is a complete match show in, in the Western Conference, right? Um, starting things off with the Dallas Mavericks, or I guess I'll say the seeds right now. Um, the current fifth seed in the Western Conference is the Dallas Mavericks. Sixth seed, Los Angeles Lakers. Seventh seed, Portland Trailblazers. Eighth seed, Golden State Warriors. Ninth seed, Memphis Grizzlies. Tenth seed, San Antonio Spurs. And 11th seed, New Orleans Pelicans. So it's completely crazy right now. There is a... I mean, it's a seven and a half game difference between five and 11, but after the seven seed, um, you know, the five to seven seed are pretty much, you know, all tied together. Starting out with the current five seed, the Dallas Mavericks, as we talked about, Luka Doncic was previously very opposed to it for the reasons that we named earlier in the episode. Pretty much he said, what's the point of working all year for that seventh or eighth seed or for that sixth seed? when you could just be booted out in two games like that what what is the point of working all year for that and that's a very valid point that we brought up so Luka Doncic himself and the the owner Mark Cuban have been vocal against um the introduction of this playing tournament and for the Dallas Mavericks you know they've had a kind of just up and down year as well similar to other teams that we've mentioned um it's been a very inconsistent year for them due to uh injuries for one right Chris Porzingis being perpetually injured a lot of their other you know players being out in and out in and out um and also their defense hasn't been great so they they have not had a great year overall um and this brings me to my point about if the injuries come up right now or for example in the play-in tournament which it very well could be because of if you're looking at the roster right now they have a number of players out again so if they get booted to the seventh seed for example and they have to play in the play-in tournament and these injuries arise they've worked all year to be in that playoff position but they could just be booted out yeah and again like dallas is a team that i've invested a lot in in time into into paying attention to and obviously again you mentioned the inconsistencies the injuries have obviously has been a problem for them um but again there's no denying that they are one of the best teams in the western conference and luca's kind of right in the sense that what is the point of working this especially in the west you win more games than 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 the other other teams to get the seating that you are in that's just how it works you know like tonight the raptors lost to the clippers the clippers you know 
you know, the Raptors lost. So the Raptors are going to be a lower seed. That's just how it works. You, If they won that game, they might be able to go up. That's just that's just how it works. So again, if we're a team like Dallas, I got all the way up to the fifth seed, have and still have a chance to maybe slip down to seven because it's just that tight in the West, and then I have to be forced to play in a play-in tournament. It makes no sense for them. Like I, I understand where their frustration is coming from because it's like, why? Like we 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 worked our way up to we won more games than the eighth and ninth seeds, the seven, eighth, and ninth seeds. We should be in the playoffs, but we have to play two games to just to prove why we should be there, even though our play the entire year has, should have been dictated that. Exactly. That's pretty much the overarching point we were trying to, you know, uh, argue against the playing tournament in the beginning of the episode. And this is the prime example of it. Another example of, you know, the playing tournament working against the NBA because they definitely, I don't think they, they, they might want this, but they don't like the the outcomes it could bring. And we're talking about the most, I guess, noteworthy or most headline-worthy team who could be impacted by the playing tournament. The current six-seed Los Angeles Lakers, who are currently tied with the fifth-seed Dallas Mavericks. They're both 10 games behind the first seed in the Western Conference. And they're only the Lakers are only one game up on the Portland Trailblazers. And with LeBron James and Dennis Schroeder both being out for, you know, nobody knows right now. This could be a very scary prop- proposition for the Los Angeles Lakers of them playing in the playing play tournament. And this is the exact reason why LeBron was very vocal against the playing tournament. We talked about whoever made it needs to be fired, right? Um, this is exactly why the Los Angeles Lakers were expected to be a contender. You know, we even named them as our favorite to win the championship this year. But they've just been decimated with injuries this year. Again, similar case to pretty much every other team in the league this year. But the Los Angeles Lakers themselves have been decimated with injuries, right? Players missing games. Anthony Davis missed a number of games with that Achilles injury um, and that calf injury. LeBron James missed a number of games with that ankle injury. Um, everyone else has pretty much missed a number of games due to injury. And again, as I said, now with Dan Schroeder and LeBron both being out for you know, Dan Shooter being out for at least 10 to 14 days, and then LeBron being, you know, questionable pretty much every game. They're, you know, them going from a contending team to a team that arguably, I don't think it'll happen, but, you know, that has a chance to be booted out of the playoff race entirely. It's not a good prospect. Um, and this pretty much, again, as I said, robs the NBA of a huge revenue stream if the Lakers were by chance to miss the playoffs because of the fact that again LeBron is your biggest selling point as the NBA and the Los Angeles Lakers are one of the biggest markets in the world so for a team like the Lakers that has star power that has contention goals for them to miss the playoffs will be a backbreaker for the NBA yeah so I think the Lakers and LeBron particularly saying, you know, what he said about the play-in tournament is kind of the major reason why we're all even talking about the play-in tournament as much as we are. Again, we said at the beginning of the episode, you know, we had concerns when it was first introduced that it was going to be a thing this year. We had concerns. We kind of talked about it over the last few months that, oh, I don't know, this play-in might just be something. But ever since LeBron came out and the po- the possibility got very real that the Lakers couldn't miss the playoffs if they get booted out in the, in the play-in tournament. You know, that's what people started to open up a little, like open their eyes over being like, oh shit, this play-in might not be that great of an idea because if a team like uh, Memphis or Golden State, we'll talk about in a bit, that gets hot at the right time, well, <laughs> the Lakers might be seen, might be like looking, uh, looking out the window while everyone else goes to play in the playoffs. So it, it's it's honestly just one of those things. And again, I think if we had a healthy LeBron James, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I think the Lakers would be in their rightful position in a top three, top four seed in the West. But we are in this position where the Lakers have been dropping games. And again, the Lakers are an old, veteran-heavy team. You know, they have a lot of vets on that team. So again, injuries were going to be a concern. And LeBron is 36 years old. Like he's not a young player anymore. And I think he even said it himself, he, he might not be 100% from this injury. He might not ever get 100%, which is honestly pretty possible you know makes me feel old 
yeah, it makes us feel old. But again, father time is eventually going to catch up. It caught up to every great player. It caught up to Michael. It caught up to Kobe. You know, eventually your Tim Duncan. Eventually, your body is just going to break down. It's not going to be the same. LeBron has had this track record of just being superhuman when it comes to like not getting hurt or just recovering and being better than ever. It might not be the case this time. Like, like when LeBron was playing against the Raptors, you can visibly see he was not right. Like he was not the same LeBron James that we we all know he can be. You know, I was always like when I was watching that game, I was always waiting. I'm like, LeBron's gonna take over now, and it just never happened. And that's the biggest thing where I'm like, yo, this is this is a little concerning. If the Lakers can't even beat the Raptors, who are honestly not even playing half their team because they're trying to tank. Yeah, exactly. Um, to your point, it's a little yeah. Yeah, concerning. to your point about LeBron too, right? Um, uh, man, I just lost my train of thought. But um, one more point about the Lakers, right? As an unbiased fan, would you rather see the Memphis Grizzlies in the playoffs or the Los Angeles Lakers? No disrespect Listen, to Memphis. John Morant's nice. Yeah, John Morant's <laughs> nice, but no disrespect to Memphis Grizzlies. I don't think anybody wants to see them in the playoffs over the Los Angeles Lakers except for Memphis Grizzlies fans, right? Nobody, nobody really wants to see that. So it will be a big problem for the NBA if that were potentially to happen, that the Lakers would be booted out just because of injuries. Um, moving on to the current seventh seed, which is the Portland Trailblazers. Now, the Portland Trailblazers are actually probably the most comfortable team with the playing tournament, given the fact that they have experience from it last year and they were the winners of the playing tournament in the Western Conference last year. Um, they also have a very good team on paper. Again, they haven't had the greatest season, but they do have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, who given one or two games can get you know, can catch fire and just absolutely decimate the other, the the opposing team. So I think the Blazers, I think if there's a team that's fine with the playing tournament, it's the Portland Trailblazers, who, again, to my point, have also been very bad at times in the last few weeks, um, especially concerning their defensive issues, which we talked about, you know, for, for a number of episodes. And these issues could potentially bite them. Now, again, Everyone, I think, wants to see the Portland Trailblazers in the playoffs because they are a very exciting product for the NBA. They're definitely a great playoff team to watch. But if they were to be booted out of the playoffs because of the fact that they lost a game or two, again, it's not a it's not a good look for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, again, like uh, Portland has been a team that you know you can argue has been could is is pretty comfortable with the playing format. But I think I need to counter your point in the sense that last season when they did the play-in tournament, they were coming from behind. Like they had to earn their spot that is true. to get to the playoffs. This time they have to keep their spot. Which and then when you talk about their woes defensively, now for that more hungrier team like the Warriors, Memphis, uh, the Spurs, if they start to be a lot more aggressive, it could be that Portland might get booted out because again. They got to play the eighth seed to first of all maintain their spot as the seventh seed, and the eighth seed's not any cupcake either. Like so, what I'm trying to say is that it's a little different from last year. So yes, although they understand what a playing tournament's like, it's not the same as last season. But I do agree with your point where they have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum who could get catch fire on any given night. But again, it all depends on how well the team is playing. And then over the last few weeks, they haven't been that great. Although, again, they have talent on paper, but the, the, the lack of defense and that it could be very concerning for them. Yeah, moving on to the eight-seeded Warriors who are arguably, you know, could be the most dangerous team in the scenario just because of... And, and again, we talked about this last, last week with, um, you know, the episode we did with Steph Curry. The the Golden State Warriors could be a very, very dangerous team for any other playing tournament team with Steph Curry playing the way that he's playing right now at the level that he's playing at. Um, and if they're able to take out a team like the Lakers, it just further solidifies, you know, Steph Curry's supposed MVP campaign. The Golden State Warriors are very uh, are a very dangerous team. And, you know, we've seen it all over social media where Lakers fans are very worried at the possibility of facing a team like the Golden State Warriors and then potentially losing just because of the fact that, you know, Steph Curry's unguardable, right? He's unguardable at this point. So if he just goes crazy, and then we talked about a couple of episodes ago 
um, as well. The potential of a guy like Draymond Green, you know, playing up to his role in the NBA playoffs, him, you know, him going crazy in the playoffs, a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who, depending on the night, could be that second option that the Warriors could very well use. So, you know, the Warriors have a real possibility of upsetting a team like the Lakers, like the Blazers, in the play-in tournament. And, you know, again, the NBA will make a lot of money off of Steph Curry, but who will they be losing out on in the process is the question. Man, now that you brought that up, man, I can see that totally as like a passing of a torch kind of thing the NBA wants to have. But like, oh, here... Uh, here, LeBron's getting older, passing the to- he Steph beats LeBron to to pass the torch to as the new face of the league. I can totally see that narrative being played out. But again, like I gotta agree with you. Like again, the Warriors are in such a prime position where if they catch catch fire, and Steph Curry has been heating up for these last couple of months. He's been he's been playing very well. Um. It's very, very possible that they, they, they could sneak into the playoffs. Like, the Warriors have a lot of playoff experience between Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and, you know, Clay Thompson, obviously. Like, he's he's on the bench. But, again, he still had that wisdom and that experience on there. Uh, and the pedigree of that team is still there. Like, they still have that championship, you know, DNA. And I think when it comes down to it, they could be very dangerous. And it's very real that if the Lakers slip to seven uh, and they got to play the eighth seed, who's the Warriors... Man, I I can see like that that's rating. When you're talking about the, the pros of the playing tournament, that's the, yep. the pros of the playing tournament. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, not every not every seventh or eighth seed has a LeBron James and a Steph Curry on it. Like that's 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 the other point you got to realize. But man, what a narrative that would be. But yeah, it, it would be crazy to see. Yeah, like the Warriors are a very dangerous team, I think, in this scenario. And then I guess lumping the last three teams who are currently in the play-in tournament race together, um, I think there is... So there's a one-game difference between the Memphis Grizzlies and the San Antonio Spurs, who are the ninth and 10th seed, respectively. And then the New Orleans Pelicans are two games behind the Spurs, so they still have a chance to get into it. The Memphis Grizzlies pretty much are, you know, have been a quietly a very solid team throughout the whole season. Um, I think they're looking for revenge after last season when they were booted out in the NBA playing tournament. Um, and yeah, they've been pretty good for the whole season, especially now with Jaron Jackson Jr. returning. So that, I think, adds another dynamic into this playing tournament. The San Antonio Spurs, they, they, I mean, they have Greg Popovich, right? Enough said. It's the San Antonio Spurs. We know what they're capable of doing, what Greg Popovich's staff is capable of doing. And then finally, we have the New Orleans Pelicans, who have been pretty disappointing this season. They Actually, they've been very disappointing this season, but they still have a shot at it. And when we're talking about the playing tournament, if we go back to last season, why was the playing tournament arguably created for the New Orleans Pelicans, right? So if for Zion Williamson, if the New Orleans Pelicans were able to sneak into the playing tournament and then win out, which they're very capable of doing, they have a very talented roster. If they win out and go to the NBA playoffs, that's literally a prime reason why the NBA created the playing tournament. Man, like. Oh man, like see when you when you say some things like that, where like oh they created a playing tournament to get Zion Williams in the playoffs, it just sounds so believable because that's just how the NBA kind of is. It's very narrative driven, <laughs> to say the least. Like I'm not gonna say it's rigged, but I'm also not gonna say that like the NBA doesn't want certain things to happen. Like they they if they want something to happen, they're gonna kind of you know nudge it to be in their favor. Hey man, money but, is yeah. money, bro. Money is money for sure, but again, when you're talking about teams like Memphis, again, like it's it's tough for them. I really like their team. They have a young team. I love John Morant. He's he's a fantastic player. But man, if they only they didn't play in the in the in the West, man. If they played in the East, man, they're a guaranteed playoff team, man. Um, a fun team to watch. But man, in the West, it's so hard to see them beating a team like that, like like a Lakers or or. A Blazers or a Warriors, man, it's it's just tough. And San Antonio again, Pop is a genius, but man, he ain't a miracle worker. So, like, how likely is it? And again, I I'm kind of like cooled off on the New Orleans hype train. Like, I just think Zion is is a great player, but he's not at the level yet to carry a team to win victories. And I think that's something that he's gonna have to work on. 
Uh, and again, there's some players in the Pelicans who I feel should should have stepped up and didn't. You know, we're talking about guys like Lonzo Ball. Well, I mean, Lonzo has been pretty good, honestly. Since he, since he came back. But again, where was that for the whole season? So, I don't know. We, we've talked about things like, about, like this like in previous episodes. But in terms of these three teams, you know... It is what it is. They do have a shot, but it's just not as great or not as story, like impactful as what you'd see with the the other teams we've talked about in the Western Conference. Uh, but yeah, that that was the landscape of the play-in tournament for the Western Conference. Definitely let us know what you guys think for the Western and the Eastern Conference. Definitely let, you, let us know. What do you think about the play-in tournament? Do you like it? Do you don't like it? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? Let us know what you guys think on the comment section on YouTube or on social media. But finally, to end off this episode, we wanted to jump into the up and under segment for this week. So first off, are you up or under on Indiana Pacers head coach Nate Bjorkman facing an uncertain future after, you know, certain relationship difficulties with players and staff have kind of come to life? I mean, I don't want to say... I I don't know how to I don't know how to break this down to be honest. I, like I'm under on obviously you know the issues that they have, but if it's really that bad, I'm up on the Indiana Pacers kind of letting him go. Unfortunately, you know like Nate Bjorken was our guy. You know obviously coming from the Raptors staff, coming from the Nick. Listen, Nerd. Chris Finch left. Yeah, there's a spot open. Exactly. I mean, Come Chris back. shout out Chris Finch, bro. He's been doing a lot better than Ryan Saunders was. Um. You know, Nate Bjorkman was our guy. He came from the Nick Nurse coaching tree, which, again, Nick Nurse already has a coaching tree, right? It's a thing. It's a thing. So, Nate Bjorkman, we thought he would be able to, you know, push that franchise forward to that next step. Obviously, injuries happened. The Victor Oladipo situation happened. Um, you know, and it's not just be, it's just not been a great season for them. I wasn't aware of any underlying issues with Nate yeah. Bjorkman and the players and as well with the staff, right? If the players say one thing, it's, you know, it's a lot more common for players to, you know, be uh, mad at the coach or whatever. But for the coach to have issues with the staff, that's, you know, that's a pretty big issue as well. So, I mean, me being a Raptors fan, not paying too much attention to Indiana Pacers, like, this is kind of news to me. But... I don't know, man. I mean, like Indiana fans, tell us what you think. Like, do you guys think Nate Bjorken should stick around? I mean, take it in. Like, we never really heard any of the stuff. When, like, like the beginning or midway point of the season, when the Patriots were doing very well for a team with a first-time head coach. You know, they were doing pretty well, and I think you know now when they went on that losing skid and just started like you know plummeting in the standings, I think that's kind of where this stuff kind of came to light. So again, we don't really know how true this all is. Or how believable it is, but it is kind of concerning to see that. And again, hey, if Nate Bjorkman, if things don't work out in Indiana, you always got your spot right here next to Nick Nurse. Yeah. Uh, and uh, hopefully Nick will get you another job. Yeah, pretty much, man. Um, next up, are you up or under on Steve Kerr saying the modern game lacks a lot of fundamentals? For example, one of the things he touched upon was the fact that nobody really box out, boxes out in today's NBA. Yeah, I'm hella up on this. Thank you, Steve Kerr, for relaying my sentiments I've been saying for the last few years now. Yo, thanks, Steph Curry, for ruining for ruining basketball. I, I like, can't blame oh. Steph Curry for it. He's good at what he does, but I think it's just... He's good at what he does, but his influence on the, the next generation, to me, is just so frustrating because it's like... And again, it could just be because like, that's not the way I was taught growing up or you were taught growing up. We were taught like the fundamentals. You gotta box out on rebounds. You you gotta you gotta learn how to work your way into the post. You gotta understand that. But you gotta move the ball around a bit. You and you gotta get inside. Though those were all the things that we were taught growing up. And now like it's just not none of that's happening. Like kids today were like want to do these like crazy dribbles and like just shoot a shoot like a hundred footer or something. Stupid and, half like, court shots, bro. Stupid half court shots like for warm ups. Like which is like like no one does layup lines anymore. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's facts bro like yo anyone see a three man weaver and something like yo it's 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 like the fundamentals that, that we grew up on like that is still so effective in basketball have just they they've just gone away from it and you know as much as you can say that the game is adapting and evolving I think it's regressing in a way because again if nobody's boxing out nobody's grabbing rebounds but again, you can also see why no one's boxing up because if someone's shooting a three, you're not going to get a rebound right in front of the basket. It's mostly going to be a long rebound. So 
I, I don't know, man. Shout out like, to the Raptors for stinking at that for the whole season. Hey, man. Uh, hopefully the draft picks good. But, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things, man, like that I can't, like, I don't know where to be on. Like, I'm in the middle. Like, I'm, like, I like progression in, 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 in the sport, but at the same time, I don't want to lose out on what made the sport so great. Yeah, for me, number one, I'm not going to blame Steph Curry for it because he still carries the fundamentals in his game. If you watch his game, his game is it's just he's really good at. The problem is yeah, when is me clowning him. The problem is when people who don't understand basketball and don't understand how many skills Steph Curry has and just focus on the fact that he can shoot half-court bombs and they think that they'll be able to do that and, you know, work on nothing else. That's where my issue lies, right? Where you have I'm refing a kid's game and they're burping up half court shots like out of the game it's like bro like dude get a layup man um but i will you know i've i on on this podcast i've been a proponent for the modern game i've defended it a lot of times especially against like old heads thing kind of not intelligent things but in this case i will actually agree with steve curry in the sense that the game the modern game does lack a lot of fundamentals when we're talking about for example Players don't take open pull-up mid-range jumpers anymore. Like, bro, you're wide open. These yeah. guys want to take a contested three. I know the efficiency says, oh, take a three or whatever if you're a 36% shooter from three. But, bro, you have an open shot. And this is why mid... Again, I've talked about this numerous times. This is why mid-range players who can shoot mid-range jumpers in the playoffs go crazy. They succeed because of the fact that nobody else can apparently at this rate shoot mid-range jumpers anymore. Right? There's only a few players that can do that. so. But also players aren't even defending that anymore because everyone's focusing on the three. So if you just get exactly. if you get past the first defender through a screen, uh, the defender is backing up because they think you're going to go right to the rim. You just stop and pull it up. Exactly. It's also an easier shot to take, yeah. honestly. That's, that's, I agree with that. And then I never even, I never consciously thought about it until I saw this uh, quote from Steve Kerr, but He's very right, bro. I don't see anybody boxing out, honestly. Exactly. There's very few players that I can name off the top of my head that I know for a fact actually box out and try to grab every single rebound. Players don't really do that. And now, to your point, a lot of it is because of the fact that, you know, there's a lot more three-point shots now. So, players aren't going to box out if the rebound's coming out all the way to the three-point line. It, it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, that kind of ruins the fundamentals of when there is short rebounds to be had. Players aren't boxing out, which is why you see a lot of offensive rebounds, a lot of guards grabbing offensive rebounds. That should not happen with big men being around the paint. So I, I will actually agree with Steve Kerr um, on this one. Yeah. So moving on, are you up or under on Carmelo Anthony actually moving into the top 10 on all-time in scoring uh, in, his, in, his pre, in his most recent game? Uh, I'm up on him, man. Shout out Carmelo Anthony. You know, he's... He's I'll one of the great scorers I've ever watched, and the fact that he's now in the top 10 in scoring, which, I mean, I never really thought he would, I guess, I didn't really think that he was this close, but, you know, he's in the top 10 in scoring now, and, um, you know, shout out to Melo, because pretty much as he was saying, like, he was out of the league at, at uh, one point before last season, so for him to now be back in the league and now crack the top 10 in scoring, that's that's pretty amazing, man, shout out Melo. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out now. Uh, next up, are you up or under on the Cleveland Cavaliers signing Anderson Virgil, uh, the Afro Anderson Virgil for the rest of the season? Yo, I'm hella up on it. Yo, shout out Anderson Virgil. Yo, this man Facts. played his played his heart out for Cleveland. He got screwed <laughs> over by Cleveland when they won the champ. Got screwed over by Golden State when he signed there. Didn't get a ring there, but he's back on the Cavs, and you know. I guess shout out to him for for getting back into the league, man. But uh, for real though, he got screwed twice out of a ring. Pretty is, much, yeah. That's, that's sad. That's man. pretty crazy, honestly. Uh, yeah, shout yeah. out Anderson Virgil, man. Like definitely one of you know the most I guess iconic players of his era, right? Yo, and um, I mean he's he been was balling. one of LeBron's favorite players. Exactly, right? <laughs> if you look at any LeBron uh, highlights in his first stint in Cleveland. Anderson Virgil is in like every single highlight, bro. He's in the frame, right? You can just see his hair going everywhere. So shout out Anderson Virgil. He's been a good player overseas as well for at least for Brazil in the international scene. So he's still got game for sure. And, um, you know, him being a veteran presence for the young Cleveland Cavaliers, I think is great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, are you up on, on Freddie Gillespie? Shout out Freddie G uh, signing a two-year deal with the Toronto Raptors. I mean, I'm up on it, bro. We needed some centers, yo. Like... 
Cambridge and Freddie Gillespie have completely turned the outlook of this team around, bro. They've completely turned around. Now, we're still going to miss the playoffs, but, you know, fade for Cade. But, again, Freddie Gillespie has given us another player now for next season that we can potentially look at developing, whereas we had Aaron Baines on the roster. I mean, Freddie Gillespie's had potential. Like, he's he's shown a lot in his limited time with the Raptors, man. Like, this guy has come in. He's... He's brought energy. He's brought a presence. Even in tonight's game against when against the Clippers, man, he was going right after right at Demarcus Cousins, man. Demarcus, you already know, like, that's a big you. Another dude you don't want to piss off. And uh, yo, Freddie, Freddie Gillespie, he went he went in. Like, there was a possession where he got the board. Like Demarcus Cousins is hounding right into him. Well, Freddie pushed him right out of the way and just dunked it with his left hand. Like that was pretty impressive to see a guy do that. And uh, you know, he's he's definitely he's definitely still raw. He's definitely needs some development. But I think. If the Raptors development system has done anything, they've developed a lot of great players. Yeah, man. Like, and he doesn't even seem like the most athletic guy, but he has sneaky athleticism, you know, and his mobility too, in terms of him being able to rotate on the defensive end, get a number of blocks, dunk the ball around the rim. So, you know, shout out Freddie G, man, Gilly. He's been really good for the, for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I think everyone's already a big fan of his. So, hell, of a, hell of a dancer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hell of a dancer, bro. So, shout out Philly, Freddy, uh, Freddy Gillespie. And finally, are you up or under on uh, the fact that Kevin Love apologized for his encore outburst against the Toronto Raptors? Now, apparently, the Cavs are just turning the page on the incident. But Kevin Love did publicly apologize to his teammates, um, to his staff. And he even talked about it the next day in, uh, in a media conference where... I don't know. Like, there's a number of reasons he said he, he, you know, he gave. But he pretty much tried to apologize for the whole incident um, and, you know, talk about how much he loves his teammates. And the Cavs are just turning the page on it. So are you up around on this whole situation? Bro, I'm under on it. Like, yo, you you just threw the ball away, like, out of frustration. Like, yo, somebody get Kevin Love the hell out of Cleveland. because Or, or somebody drug test him. Because every time you, you he talks to people... He talks about oh Cleveland, yo, I love Cleveland, you know, I, I rep Cleveland, but yo, this man wants to go, wants to leave, man. This man wants to go to a contender or something like that, man. But again, why would you sign a four-year, one hundred and twenty million dollar extension then to keep yourself stuck there? Yeah, like that's my point, right? Kevin Love, like he gave a lot of valid reasons, like in terms of, like he talked about obviously like his mental health and whatnot. Like I'm cool with that, man. Like no problem, you know, you do you. But there is a you know, uh, argument about the precedent that he set him and, for example, another guy like Blake Griffin, right, who are kind of dogging it for their teams, even though, I guess not in Blake Griffin's situation because he didn't sign the contract with the Detroit Pistons. But in Kevin Love's situation, man, he signed the contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers, bro. He got a bunch of money. And, you know, you can say money doesn't make you happy, but, I, you know, that's that's fine, but you have to maintain a certain level of professionalism. And again, this isn't the first time Kevin Love has had a situation like this. We saw last year when he was like throwing the ball at his teammates on the court. This is a precedent that Kevin Love has set for himself. And it does not bode well for the NBA and for the argument that we've been having over the past number of seasons of is there too much player empowerment in the NBA, right? For example, again, me comparing this situation to a guy like Blake Griffin, who kind of dogged it for his team didn't dunk for like two years and now in Brooklyn he's doing putbacks right so there's an argument to be had and there has to be like a balance but again it, it's not it's not a great look for the NBA it's not a great look for you know Kevin Love um and again this is another topic that like we talked about numerous times it's gonna keep going on and on but yeah like yeah. I I don't think it's a great situation overall to be honest yeah Yes. But yeah, with that, that concludes this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely subscribe to the show on all the various platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, uh, YouTube. Basically, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find us with the Up and Under Podcast. Also, check us out on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Up, Letter, and Under Podcast. Facebook.com slash Up and Under Podcast for all the latest updates whenever we post a new episode or a reaction to news as they occur. So definitely check that out if you haven't done so already. And lastly, check out our website, upandunderpodcast.com. It's our central hub for the show. It's a place where we put blog posts about every single episode. So if you don't have time to listen to the full thing, you can read about it on our website. Uh, so definitely check that out if you haven't done so already. And yeah, man, playing tournaments coming up in a couple of weeks, man. This season is this season's done, bro. Like, time flies, crazy, bro. Man. Time flies, man. 
Bro, it's crazy, man. It felt like it was the beginning of the season, like like a day ago, and now it's like yeah. it's like oh, here's playoffs, yo. Honest, bro, honest, crazy. But, yo, playoff balls coming in, man. Although our team isn't gonna be in there, but yo, there's gonna be some exciting. There's the most stress free playoffs I've had in in eight <laughs> years, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, with that, that concludes this week's episode. We we'll see you guys on the next one. Take it easy. Easy.